guys, you're tuned into the Dope Girls Pray Podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. We have a special guest coming on tonight, and I know you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned and remember, Dope Girls Do Pray. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. All right, guys. So we are live on Dope Girls Pray podcast. And tonight our guest is Absalom Mitchell. And our topic is going to be worship. Um, so we're just going to dive in and we're going to start with the first question, Absalom. So the first question is, what does worship look like? What does it even look like? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, um, I normally, when people ask me about worship, what it means or what it looks like, um, I kind of refer back to one of my favorite worship leaders, um, who was asked a similar question. Um, her name is, um, Stephanie Gretzinger and, um, they asked her, you know, what is worship? And I, and she answered back. She said, worship is waking up every single day and telling God, yes, giving him a fresh wow. And um, that's kind of how I picture how I see worship. I know there's many expressions of worship, um, whether it be singing or some sort of art form or, um, you know, lifting our hands and crying and all that. I think the um, what worship actually looks like is actually um, just a surrendered life of someone saying yes to God every day. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what it looks like to me. Wow. And um I think I'm going to piggyback off of of what you said, because what you said is 100 percent correct. And then sometimes, you know, people have misconceptions, you know, that if people don't worship um, the way that others worship, you're not a worshiper. Mm-hmm. And so worship can be done in, in, like you said, in different forms and types. And it, and it does look different um, because, you know, sometimes some people may worship through shouting. Right. Some people may worship through crying. Some people mm-hmm. may worship through dancing. Some people may worship through clapping. Mm-hmm. Um, but people shouldn't try to picturize, you know, if the person doesn't worship like me, you know, they're not a worshiping or they don't worship like us. Right. Because then, you know, uh, cultures sorry never lose my tongue cultures um backgrounds and nationalities all of that plays a part as well how people worship um and sometimes people worship by you know what they're used to seeing or what they know so maybe if a person comes from um i don't know for instance if like africa and i know you travel and mm-hmm. things of that nature their worship is going to look a little bit different from ours Right, like right. we might look lazy to them <laughs> compared to, you know, the way that they worship and the way that we worship, because yeah. sometimes their services go a little bit longer than ours do. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's worship to them. Yeah. And so my thing is, I like to I want to clear up the misconception, you know, that if you see people worshiping different, you know, don't be judgmental about it, because I've, I'll use myself as an ex, um, an example. I've even experienced um, where, you know, I was sitting down. And when I come in, you know, in, into the church, you know, I like to kind of be in communion with the Father. I like to kind right. of pray first, you know, assess my atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. all of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might not get up right away and just start dancing just because maybe that's where they're at in the service, especially if I don't feel the presence of the Lord. Right. And people may assume oh, you know, you're not a worshiper or you're not saved or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling God because I'm not there. And sometimes God not there yet. 
Not right. let's, I'm not being funny. So right. sometimes the presence of the Lord hasn't even ushered into, you mm -hmm. know, the atmosphere just yet. So maybe I'm just sitting there trying to, you know, commune and worship in yeah. my own way. And then when I feel it, I'm going to get up. So, yeah. you know, just to, to clear um, the, the misconceptions about that, because I know a lot of people, um, I've seen it done countless of times, um, even done towards, you know, to myself. Because maybe I'm sitting there and I'm really like in a, a different level, not a level, but maybe I'm in my own zone, just say it that way, yes. you know, and I'm worshiping how I'm worshiping, you know, and people say, oh, get up or it doesn't matter who's singing or who's up here. That's not it. Maybe I'm just trying to get into that place. You know, everybody gets to, you know, their place, you know, at different levels. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to piggyback off of that, am I, um, you know, as a worship leader, you know, there. You get up there, and you your job is to get up and to help um, bring everybody into a corporate setting of of praise and worship. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to get everybody on the same page, and I, I, you know, I understand their plight. You know, as worship leaders, you know, you're you're still human, so you look out and you know you're looking at people's outward expressions, and when it doesn't seem to be matching <laughs> with what you expect, you know, as far as what praise and worship looks like to you. You know, right. you also you can have the misconception that that person isn't praising or they're not worshiping God. And um, that's something that I had to as a worship leader, I had to, um, you know, find out sometimes the hard way that um, there were people that I thought weren't engaging in worship. Mm -hmm. And they actually were. And wow. I found out later on that they were actually very much engaged. But because I was looking um, from, you know, like a, a fleshly standpoint of, you know, mm -hmm. what I and comparing what they're doing to what I was doing, um, I missed the fact that we are really working. So I was so consumed with looking at them and thinking that they weren't engaged that, you know, it kind of got me disengaged from worshiping God because I'm wow. just into, you know, um, oh, man, the crowd's not engaging. You know, what am I doing? You know, maybe I'm it's not the right flow. Maybe I'm, not, you know, so I, I started right. getting disengaged. So, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right we have to really be careful with those um, um judgments and uh, misconceptions of what what we think worship should look like and and even with you saying that that was like so transparent and i always like um transparency and relatable people because i believe even people that listen to this this podcast um and just people that listen in general to when people talk Sometimes you can minister to others without, you know, you even knowing it, yeah. because I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people um, that have experienced, you know, the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, whereas they thought one way. And I know that as you grow, like in, you know, in the Lord and with your walk, right. you know, you start to internalize things differently because sometimes, you know, well, I'm not going to say sometimes, but in different seasons, some of us are spiritually immature, Right. You know, and, and, and we have to, you know, just call it what it is. And everybody go through a season where they are. Nobody just gets to where they are, you know, like in one day, it's, it's a process. Exactly. And, but, but the problem is, is that's the stuff that's not talked about. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you know, um, this, this podcast is really like that, the, the safe place where we can talk about this kind of stuff and be transparent, you know, about different things, not nothing too deep, but you know, right. stuff that it can help, you know, somebody else because people don't, they may not talk about it, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. So I, I really like the, the, the fact of the matter that you, you know, you shared that, um, with us. 
um, because I'm pretty sure that definitely can can help somebody, you know, as it pertains to, you know, the part of, you know, growing spiritually and stuff like that. And people realizing, you know, it's it's not me, you know, and and that's why it's so important. And Anthony Jefferson talked on this, um, spoke on this earlier. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, one thing that he does before he ministers, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people are not doing it, I pray that they get in a habit of doing it. It's saying, you know, God, not don't let them see me, but let them see you. Right. Because right. when you correct your intention and, and purify your intention, you know, then your feelings won't be hurt. You know, yeah. when you see people are not, you know, engaged in a way that you want them, you know, to engage. Yeah. Um, because that happened to me to me um before. And I remember the Lord um had basically had me on an assignment. And I was going to minister through song and I thought, you know, that I was going to sing like an actual song and the Lord had gave me a line. Uh-huh. And in this line, he was trying to release the sound and he said that he he wants to um, release a sound in this place because he doesn't just want his presence to come by, but he wants it to stay there. And so when I was up there, you know, and I'm and I'm singing, you know, what the Lord had told me to sing. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't see, you know, what I thought that I was going to see. But it wasn't until I sat down the nest when, you know, the presence of the Lord came in and it consumed the whole place. But, some, you know, in the realm of the spirit, there's no time, space or matter. So our time is not like God's time is not our time. Correction. Right. And so what we, the Lord may show us, you know, open vision of what it could look like, but we don't know when it's going to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, so that was good. And we kind of really answered the next question because the question was, so what? I don't worship like you, but we kind of just really talked about it. So we don't even really have to engage back into that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next question is, um, what if I'm afraid of people seeing me worship? Well, I mean, worship in and of itself is 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 basically vulnerability. Vulnerability. You have to be vulnerable, you know, um, with God. I mean, and it's 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 like really basically stripping off all the outer layers because in order to engage, in order to worship God, I mean, we go to Scripture. It, it talks about you know that the Father seeketh those that will worship Him, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So worship yeah. actually goes beyond like your physical, your outward expression. It actually goes to the, the deepest parts of you. You know, wow. so it's basically like letting the deepest parts of you cry out or be exposed to not only to the Lord, but like I said earlier, you know, worship is saying yes to God in your life. It's, it's you know, an expression of your submission and your complete, uh, you know, alliance and alignment with the Lord, you know, and mm-hmm. so it's going to be visible to people. It's going to be visible to creation. It's going to be visible to the realm of the spirit. It's going to be visible to the Lord, you know? So if you're not willing to be vulnerable, you're not willing to worship because wow. you, you can't, there, there is no such thing as a secret worshiper. You know, wow. there, there's one thing about going in the secret place and worship, but you can't mm-hmm. be a secret worshiper, um, you know, cause worship doesn't just come out in your, um, your songs and your, your prayer time. Worship is a, a life it's oozing out of your life it's using oozing out every thought it's oozing out of every action you know every decision that you make you know when you work on your job when you're dealing with your family that's worship all that is is worship it's it's not just a all right i'm going to take this time out and worship the lord now there are moments where we we 
we consecrate or dedicate to just strictly focusing on the Lord. But we have to understand that that worship goes beyond that. It goes into every facet and area of our lives. So mm-hmm. like I said, it goes back to if you can't, you know, if if you're afraid to see, you know, if you're talking about expressions of praise and expressions of worship, like singing and crying and all that, um, you know, the, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, is God worthy of it? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. are you worthy? Like, is it more, is it more uh, feasible or is it more, you know, important for me to be dignified? You know, like David said, he said, I'll become even more undignified than this. You know, wow. so when you get to the level of worshiping God, you know, you, you, you break through that barrier of fear, you know, um, of what other people think, because worship, people that are worshipers have a revelation of who God is. Wow. And that revelation of who God is, you know, that other stuff becomes small to you, like people Mm -hmm. see you or what people think or what they're going to say about your expressions of worship, how you sound, what you look like, you know, how, how it comes across to other people. A lot of those, um, those things become so small and minute to you because it's in comparison to your adoration to God. Because mm-hmm. that's what worship is. Like, I'm looking at God. I'm seeing how amazing he is. I'm seeing how glorious he is. You know, I have a revelation of who he is. You know, not just to the world, but what, who he is to me personally. You know, it's this is, a, um, this is a personal thing that I'm encountering and experiencing with the Lord. And... And because of the grandeur of who God is and how it's hitting me, hitting my spirit, hitting my mind, my physical being, it, 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 it's, it, it just, it's small in comparison to what other people think, you know, mm-hmm. and for people that still struggle, I'm not saying that we, we all don't still struggle in those areas of, you know, people's opinions and, you know, um, being vulnerable. Um, but in that case, you know, what I do is, you know, there are times when the Lord would tell me, for instance, like the Lord said, Hey, I want you to dance dance before me and it it just doesn't seem like the greatest setting for me to to dance you know i don't see other people Mm -hmm. i feel more comfortable if other people are doing it too you know but if the lord says no i want you to start it i want you to get up there and i want you to you know or i want you to right now just get on your face and it's like well i'm in the middle of singing a song right now it doesn't matter i'm not concerned about your song i'm more concerned about your obedience i'm more concerned about and so you know just doing it in that moment not not delaying my obedience to God, not depriving him of what he desires, you know, but giving it to him. And so the the, the easiest way to overcome that fear is just to do it, just to go ahead and yeah. do it. And you'll realize that people aren't really paying as much attention to you as you think they are. That's mm-hmm. the, a lot of times that's like, we, we develop our own paranoia, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it, you know, sometimes people might make comments, but at the end of the day, who cares? You know what I mean? So right. yeah. you, you kind of have to like weigh and balance that stuff out. Like, listen, I, I'd rather stand before the Lord and the Lord, but man, I love, I love your worship. I love what you offered me. I love your life. You know, um, I'd rather hear God say that it doesn't really matter to me uh, um, as much, you know, what other people say um, about mm-hmm. what it looks like to them. So. So I'm going to speak from the the opposite standpoint about um, what if I'm afraid of people seeing me worship. And I'm only going to speak from a place of me once being afraid of people seeing me only because, um, you know, I practiced Islam for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows anything about that religion, we don't worship. Right. 
We don't we don't worship, um, especially not outwardly um, and not inwardly either. That's not something that's really like taught, something that's like recommended or praised. Like we, we wasn't supposed to show no type of, of expression. And so um, literally, I, I, I will say it was hard for me when I when I came out, when I came out of Islam and um, the worship aspect, like, don't get me wrong. Like in the house and stuff like that, you know, I would be worshiping in my own little way, you know, cry out to the father and stuff like that. But even it was still levels to that. But as it pertains to like shouting mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the beginning, I, I was not a shouter. Right. You would never catch me shouting. Um, I wouldn't really even too much raise my hands um, or even like with praying, for instance, it was hard for me to even pray out loud. Right. Because we were so used to, well, back then when I practiced, we were so used to praying, um, you know, audible or like silent. Mm -hmm. So when it actually came time for me to pray out loud, I didn't really know how to do that. Right. To be honest, I didn't know how to do it. And I wasn't comfortable, like even in the setting of, you know, Bible study and stuff like that. If we were out, please, I would be like, Lord, please don't let nobody call on me to pray. And it wasn't that I didn't know how to pray, but in my mind, I was just too nervous of people seeing me pray because I was still like kind of brainwashed, which was bondage. I'm going to call it what it is. Um, And so I I was scared. Yeah, I was scared. And so you, you do have some people, even if they don't have a history of practicing something else, there are some people that feel afraid of people seeing them because, you know, Everybody is not um, church. Right. I'm going to just say that. Right. And so when they come into certain atmospheres, you know, because they see a certain thing, you know, if that's not how they do it, they may be afraid, mm-hmm. you know, to, to even partake or even do what they're used to, what they're used to doing, you know, if they were alone. And then some people just probably don't know how to do anything at all. Right. And so, you know, at the same time, people may be afraid. So my next question for you, because it wasn't a next question, but the Lord just told me to write this down mm-hmm. um, when you were talking. So are there levels to worship? Yeah, I believe there are levels to worship. Um, I believe we grow with intimacy with the Lord. So our, our worship, you know, level, uh, we it intensifies. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like, I, I kind of like to keep going back to, you know, worship being a, it's a, it's like this spiritual exchange, you know, it's not, it's not manifested in just one area. It's not like, I, like, you know, I know we've been talking a lot about like the church, right. uh, you know, like, you know, worshiping corporately. Um, but there's also like a, a individual worship where it's, it's just, it's our lifestyle. It's, it's, it's who yeah. we are, you know? And so, you know, as we grow in our relationship with God, like as we grow in our dedication and commitment to the Lord, you know, as we start manifesting the fruit of the spirit, you know, as we start, you know, developing, you know, spiritual fruit, that's worship to the Lord. So that's also that's that's going to deeper levels of worship. You know, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, when the Lord required Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, he said, take your son, you know, to to us that wouldn't be worship. That's like, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, but to the Lord, that was worship, you know, right. to go. And even though he didn't, you know, actually kill Isaac, you know, the Lord stopped him. But the fact that in his heart, he had already settled that I was going to give God what he wanted. 
you know, yeah. and, and, and so that's growing. And that happened years and years after Abraham's walk with the Lord, after he first came, you know, to know who, who, who the God of Israel, well, before there was an Israel, you know, but who the, who God actually was, you know? And so he grew in his, in his walk and his, in his worship um, with the Lord. You also look at um David, you know, the one, one of the scriptures that um st- stand out to me is how, um, David went to go and acquire a field from someone because he wanted to sacrifice the Lord, but someone else owned it. And he wanted that field because he wanted to buy it so that he could take it and dedicate it to the Lord and sacrifice to the Lord. And the, the, the one of the men, um, the, the man who owned the field, he said, um, King, it's, you know, you're the king of Israel. You know, you can you can take it. You don't have to pay me. And David said, no, because I refuse to give God that which costs me nothing. You know, mm. and so um, he pays that I have to pay for this. I have to I don't want to give God anything that I got or acquired free. I want it to have to actually cost me something. And so, wow. you know, as we live our lives out and this even goes like with, the, with what you were saying with pressing past fear, that's worship to the Lord to press yeah. the fear of what people think. Or and, you know, if that's something that's a bondage of yours, if that's something that's a chain to to break free of that or to to press beyond your feelings and your emotions and the outside voices or even the inside voices that's trying to stop you from, um, you know, worshiping God. Um, when The more you do that, the deeper you go into, into worship, the more yeah. God you get to really see and experience. Um, and the, the, the deeper your, your worship becomes, especially because worship contains your history with God. You, you, yeah. you know, like so you know, all the things that you're you're walking out with God all the times that God has been there for you all, all that that you're learning of God or the intimate times that you get through prayer through the word or just through life or whatever as you sing to the Lord like when you're singing and you're worshiping God what's playing through your mind all the stuff that God mm. has done for you, <laughs> you know right. I mean? like you're, the, the thing that you're thinking about during those times of worship is the time he saved you from that car accident, you know, the time right. he, he healed your child when, when he, they were in the hospital, the time that, you know, he brought you out of Islam and, and, and brought you into, you know, the, the knowledge of the truth and into the, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Those are the things that are playing through your mind. Your whole history with God comes out in your worship. Yeah. The, the more history you gain with the Lord, the deeper your worship, the deeper the well of worship develops inside of you. The, mm-hmm. the deeper that worship comes out. And so, yeah, you ab- you absolutely do grow in worship if you want to. That's just like with your walk yeah. with God. If you want to go deeper in your walk with the Lord, you will. Uh, and you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you love mediocre Christianity, then you'll stay right there in a place where you're just kind of coasting. But um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely think you can you can definitely go deeper in your worship. Your worship can definitely intensify. And and it's and it's so crazy. Um, it's not crazy, but I, I have to say there was even a time, even though um, you know, I'm I'm still growing and as I, I keep growing and I keep going deeper in my walk, you know, and like how I asked about the different levels of worship and your worship does change mm-hmm. as the more you press in the presence um of the Lord. And so um there was a time though, even I believe like last year where I was I was kind of even afraid to kind of worship, you know, the way that I did in my house mm-hmm. because I didn't want people to think like, you know, who she is. I, I, I dealt with that for a short season, not a long season. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, the way that I had I worship 
in my house and it's still growing. Um, I was kind of afraid to to do certain things in front of people because I didn't want people to think, because you know how sometimes, and I'm just going to be transparent, um, some people feel like, you know, like you're, you're doing, like you're overdoing something. Right, right. And I'll use, and I'll even, even say what it was, because in this season, the Lord is not allowing me to pray except on my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was a time before, you know, in different seasons where, you know, I could pray standing up, I could pray sitting down, I could pray on my knees. But the Lord literally, I can feel his presence press me down. Yeah. Like he'll sit on my back mm-hmm. and and I ha- and I'm literally going, you know, into prostrate. Like yeah. I'm prostrating um on the ground. But when I pray at home, I lay like on my face and I'm not trying to speak of anything, my good deeds or anything. Right. But, you know, when I it happened to me one time when I was at church mm-hmm. and I was trying to not go down, though, like I was trying to force myself to stay up. Right. But the Holy but the Holy Spirit was pressing me down like I felt him pressing me down mm-hmm. and I ended up on my face. And I was I wasn't embarrassed, but I, I kind of was because. I, I I felt God help me Holy Spirit I felt the darts I'm gonna say that mm-hmm. and 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 it was as if because sometimes when people God I thank you are not at a place they want to put others you know in the same place of where they are right. you get what I'm saying right. and so to so to some people you look too deep or you look too extra right. you know or anything because they're not there but my thing is you know we why why do you care it's either just you know go deeper yourself if that's something that you want to do or like you said mediocre if you want to stay that way then stay that way but I did even still was growing I I did kind of suffer at one point in time now I don't care I'm just very free-spirited but it still was a process like even I didn't start out with speaking in tongues Mm mm-hmm it, it took me when I've been back in Christianity for five years. I think literally this, the beginning of this year, is when um, tongues fell on me from right. the Holy Ghost. Right. Literally, um, even this this matter of fact, it was last year. I'm lying. It was the end of last year because it was November when I actually had um, an encounter with the Holy Ghost and when I actually received the Holy Ghost. But that it still took it still took me five years. Even when I came back, you know, when I actually got saved, um, you know, and, and things of that nature and me still doing my walk. I didn't receive the Holy Ghost until, you know, this this going on the fifth year, the, the gift of tongues. Yes. And even shouting. Yeah. I didn't shout until after I, I received the Holy Ghost. Right, right. You know, and I've never done it before that. So people knew, like, oh, well, I know she's not faking because she's never shouted before. Yeah. That wasn't something I did. I might clap, you know, with y'all and right. dance or whatever, but I wasn't, like, shouting. Like, you, <laughs> I wasn't yeah. doing none of that. And so, but there was a moment um, you know, where I did kind of, I was kind of fearful. Like I didn't really want to, you know, be who I was, like how I am in the house. Cause it's like, you know, when you're in your home, you feel like so safe, you know, you're not being judged, you're protected. So you're going to give God everything. But I had to say to myself, Kanisha, you can't care. You got to give God everything, no matter where you, you know, where you are. Because at the end of the day, like how you said, that's your relationship. And I know what God has done for me, everything, you know, that he has done for me. So I, I have grown. I, God is still giving me confidence um, yeah. in certain areas because, like I said, for me, it was it was kind of different because of spending 13 years of really shutting my mouth, right. which the enemy used that to, to keep me in bondage because he never wanted me to ever know that I who I was or what I had in me or that I could even open my mouth. 
Right. Um, and so at the end of the day, you know, it was it was kind of tough with with coming in and everything like that, but it that was true. So that that was good. And it kind of even brought us to into our next question. Well, it did. Am I rehearsed? What was that again? Is the the question is, am I rehearsed? Like, uh, what what do you mean? Like, is so uh, like for instance, um. So, so basically, this is a question for people to weigh, am I rehearsed? Am, am I, you know, doing this because this is what people are doing? Gotcha. You know, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Or am yeah. I doing this because this is truly how I feel? So am right. I rehearsed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been kind of thinking about, because um, when I went to uh, Africa and, you know, that culture of worship and was different you know a Mm -hmm. lot very intense and you go to places like brazil and you know some of these other places like it's very intense like we think we're intense in our corporate world it's very 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 intense but the one thing i've been thinking about um the reason why i kind of um reflected back on that was one thing i've been thinking about is um how much our culture influences us like our our worship not i'm not talking Mm -hmm. i'm talking church culture like I think we're we're naturally people um, um, creatures of 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 influence where you know we create a culture of worship we create cultures of praise um, and it's and it looks different different places you go and um, so I think we are influenced by um, by our surroundings I mean the various local assemblies that we go to uh, whether it be uh, you know the ministries that we we watch or, you know, we glean from, um, you know, we pick up things. It's just like a yeah. child, you know, um, from their, their family, you know, they're just certain characteristics they pick up because that's a part of their, their norm, their lives. They see it every day. They see these people. So they're influenced greatly by them. So they pick up certain, like certain behaviors and, um, mm-hmm. and so I feel it's the same way with us in worship and I don't think anything's wrong with that per se. Um, I do think that w- once we start doing things just to fit in or we're, we're doing things just to, uh, it, it's not really connected to the core of who we are. You know, it's not genuine. It's not authentic, right. you know, and we're trying to just be a chameleon. We're just trying to be um, what we see. I think that's when it becomes an issue, you know, where, yeah. you know, or I'm, I'm just rehearsed. I'm just, you know, kind of doing this out of habit. You know, I know I've been in church for so long. And so now I come and I kind of know when they hit this, this is what I'm supposed to do. When they yeah. hit this, this is what I'm supposed to do. And it's not really um, at the core of who you are. It's not really authentic. It's not coming from a genuine place. And um, I've really been, you know, even myself, like evaluating myself, like and in, in, in seeing areas of me at times like, Absalom, don't do that. That's not authentic. That's not genuine. You know, mm-hmm. you know, don't just raise your hands or don't just say Jesus because you know right. you do things with purpose and intention, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that's I, I I think we have to be careful that we don't get to that place of being so common with the holy or be, being so common with you know um, with what we call worship um, that it's no longer worship. It's like you said, it's, a, it's something that's rehearsed. It's something that's yeah. um, spewed out. Um, it's, it's kind of something that's just kind of like a reaction and mm-hmm. being something, you know, like an intention, like an intention of your heart, 
Like when you read in the Bible and it says an Abraham worshiped or David worshiped or, you know, someone in the world, it, it didn't mean that they just had like this automatic reaction and they just kind of sang this song or got on their knees or whatever. the It actually meant that there was an intentionality about what they were about to do because they saw they their their focus was on the Lord. And um, unfortunately, I just kind of feel like so many of us, uh, you know, like so many of our church cultures um, have gotten so loose with, um, you know, like hollowing the name of the Lord or, you know, really mm-hmm. putting, um, you know, uh, reverence on the Lord and, and worship and in praise and understanding it. And so there is a lot of loose stuff going on and there's a lot of just mm-hmm. duplication and people just going around, just kind of spitting out stuff, you know, things are just yeah. and just doing that. So unfortunately, yeah, it it is it is unfortunate. Um and I just feel like if people really actually took the time um to to build a relationship, they wouldn't have to be rehearsed. Right. And if people are rehearsing a lot of things, it's it's not just worship. Yeah. Um even with some preachers. Absolutely. Um because people practice see the the thing is what I know about is not just all culture but people in general. Right. They they try they try to fit a sound but it's not the sound if that makes any sense because everybody has their own grace so you know you know you're not going to preach um like uh bishop td jakes and you know this person might not preach like you know bishop winans i don't know and so the thing is because people try to mimic Mm -hmm. you know um you know a lot of what's going on you know, this is how sometimes it is rehearsed, even with um, the prophetic. Sometimes yeah. you have some people, you know, that are prophesying off of cliche prophecies off of what they hear. Devil for your trouble, triple for your praise. Right. Like not saying you can't say that, but it's a lot of it sometimes, not a lot of it, but some of it is, is cliches. Absolutely. You know, people are, are just basically saying it because they heard it or they think that it sounds right, but it's not the sound. Exactly. If that makes any sense, because yeah. there's, there's a sound that a prophet carries and we're not going to even get into that, right. but there's a sound and it's not just a prophet, but for anybody that's in the kingdom, there's mm-hmm. a sound, mm-hmm. you know, there's a sound and, and you can tell when, when something is authentic and when it's an authentic. Authentic. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, if people actually put in the time, because some stuff comes with time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a it's not an overnight thing. No. Um, not saying that God can't do a 24 hour miracle. We're not saying that God right. is, you know, responsible for the impossible. But at the end of the day, it still takes us. We have to do our part. And and sometimes when not sometimes, but yes, when you put in that time, you know, then it be it really does become authentic and you can be more effective if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um it it, it it just is because sometimes like how you said, we're so used to the feelings, like, okay, I know here I'm supposed to say stand up right. or here I'm supposed to say, you know, shout or yeah. here I'm supposed to do that because we're so rehearsed. Right. And and I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't rehearsing like things like that, but I would, we, we talked about this with, um, with like, uh, leading praise and worship. I would practice so much, mm-hmm. like not practice what to say, but singing. Like right. I wanted to make sure that everything, you know, sounded right, went right. This yeah. went here, that went there, you know, and stuff like that. And 
my ex-husband used to say, you know, well, Kamisha, why don't you just be, you know, free? Like, just right. be free. <laughs> like, why right. do you want to practice so much? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, because I was just so used to being a stickler. But God stripped that from me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's and not saying that you can't rehearse. Yeah, that's fine to, to run through. Because when you sing about yourself, it's a little different versus right. with singing in a group. Yeah. But God stripped that from me. It, you know, I could. Now I can honestly say the Lord is not even letting me minister through song except on assignment. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I'm not, he's not allowing me to sing just to sing like how I used to. Right. And so at the end of the day, like I said, God stripped it from me because I would be like, okay, today I'm just going to sing this song. Right. But now because I've conditioned my spirit, man, um, a little bit, because I'll never say like I'm, I'm anything um, but I, Paul did say we can boast in Christ, but yeah. in Christ Jesus, I've conditioned my spirit, man, to the point, you know, I'm sensitive to the spirit enough that even if, you know, I think that I should sing something, I, I'll listen. If the Lord says, no, don't sing that, mm -hmm. you're going to sing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so it, it is important because if you put that time in, then, you know, people won't have to be rehearsed and, and you can actually be authentic and feel better, you know, about yourself because I would hate to be shouting in a church for 30 years because I'm so rehearsed because, you know, at this time when the music go this high and people move like this, we shout, but I'm still suffering with them same demons. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's the part that hurts to me because it is, it's, it's to the point that we are kind of rehearsing. I'm not going to say like we are, but there are instances where people, you know, they, they are be so much rehearsed that they never really get the true deliverance that they could get if they actually just put in the time right. to say, you know what, God, today, I'm I'm just going to let you do what you have to do. That's something I say every day. Yeah. Prophet Samuel, I, I stole that from him. He he always says when he's about to, to prophesy, do what you have to do. God, do what you have to do. Right. And I, the Lord had me add on, break what you have to break yeah. and remove what you have to remove. And if people will be true to thy own self. Yep. You know, then the Lord could really move like how he wants to move. And you won't have to feel, you know, like I'm hurt. And then, you know, you can do shout as you want, do as you want, whatever, whatever. So um, I think that that was something important to talk about because it has to stop. Yeah. Like we can't make people not do anything or anything. We see even with the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus, we can't make people stay in the house. Right. Even though the Bible says that we're supposed to obey the laws of the land. Yep. But people still going to do what they want to do. Yep. But at the end of the day, it still has to be said mm. because that's the problem. People don't want to hear the truth. Right. They they want us to really kind of walk around, you know, what's going on and, you know, people trying to keep members. And I'm not trying to go on a tangent and go left or anything like that. But people have to tell the truth. The Bible says you have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Right. And so you you got to be true to yourself. So I, I agree with that. And the last question is, how do we go deeper in worship? Um, I think we've been hitting on it a lot, you know, in the conversation, but <laughs> I just really feel like I think the first thing to going deeper in worship is making a conscious decision mm -hmm. and, and piggybacking on what you just got finished saying, you know, I, listen, it's not about me mimicking anybody. It's not about me fitting into a certain group of people. It's not about me, you know, like you said, you know, um, responding or reacting out of fear of what people say or think, but it's really about me you know diving deep in my relationship with the lord like worship is birthed out of your love for god you know mm -hmm. it's when you 
that's why it's a, it's a spirit to spirit thing. It's not a, it's yeah. not a fleshly thing because our, in our, in our physical man, you know, we have ups and downs. We, you know, some days we feel like it. Some days we don't, you know, a lot of times we don't feel like praying. A lot of times we don't, yeah. you know, singing or worshiping or, or giving God glory or doing what's right, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, you have to make even a conscious decision. Like, Hey, my life is for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless of how I feel. And the way you go deeper is not by following your feelings or even your emotions, because the Bible says, don't be sensual. That means don't be led mm. by your feelings or your emotions. You, wow. you make a decision that, hey, out of everything I can experience in this world, the number one thing I want to experience is the presence of the Lord. You know, yeah. that one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek. He could have been seeking his enemies. He could have been seeking, you know, for more riches, more influence, for his empire to grow, all that stuff. But he said the one thing have he desired all of his life, one thing he desired. And, and that's the one thing that he chooses to go and to seek after. And that that was to dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And so we know all that. It's just I want to know him. You know, that's my desire right now. Like my desire mm -hmm. is like. You know, I've had experiences with the Lord. I've done a lot of stuff in ministry. I've been able to travel and do different things. That's not my one thing. The platform right. is not my one thing. If I don't right. have a chance to leave worship again, that's, that wasn't my one thing anyway. Mm -hmm. My one thing is to behold the Lord. And so yeah. we get to a place where we want the Lord more than any of this other stuff, more than fitting in with the, the, the church clique or more than being able to sound like Susie and preach like Paul, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just want you. And, you know, like I said, not to go left or go on a tangent, you know, but sometimes it kind of disturbs me, you know, like I'm, well, people like me and me and you, we, we, we aren't staying in. We can't really be quarantined because we work in the healthcare. Program. Right. But, you know, believers that are in, in the, in the home and saying like, I'm bored and I have nothing to do. We always have yeah. to do. You know, <laughs> yeah, the, but some of us are the same people that say like oh man I just don't have the time to read like I want to I don't have the time yeah, to read yeah. like I want. and it's just like well now you do and yeah. and that's not even an option you know it's it's net, Netflix first you know it's you know ordering food next it's, you know it's all these other things and when we get bored with that stuff you know it's just like yeah. oh, I'm running out of stuff to do and it's just like no people that really want to go deeper will make him their one thing before they, before they indulge in anything else. And I know we have, you know, earthly responsibilities and things that we have to do. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, um, you know, doing, have, doing things that cause helps you relax and stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. But it, when it replaces God, when it, you know, yeah. it's in the, in the, in the place of the Lord, that's when it becomes an issue or what, when he's an afterthought, you're not trying. Yeah. You're not trying to go deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah. The people that want to go deeper and the people we read about in the, in the Bible who went deeper in their worship were people that were willing to lay it all down. You know, yeah. they were willing to sacrifice. You know, like growing up, people don't people don't get it. Like, I don't claim to, to have obtained to any high degree of, of, of my walk with the Lord. You know, I am, like you said, where I am, where I am by the grace of God. But people don't understand that when I was growing up and I was a teenager, I spent a lot of time shut in in my room, praying for mm -hmm. hours or spending time fasting when not when we went on the church, fast, 
not in the beginning of the year when the church said we're going on 21 days, but just, I was just hungry. I was hungry for the Lord. I wanted to grow in my walk with God and I wanted to grow in, 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 in worship and worshiping the Lord, you know, and even now I do. So, you know what I do? I surround myself with other worshipers. Like I, Part mm-hmm. of the ministry called Philadelphia Tabernacle of David, like these some radical worshipers um, and mm-hmm. spontaneous and prophetic worship. To be honest with you, we never rehearse together. We come together on our nights and we lead two hours of worship and we just worship wow. the Lord. And stuff like that has caused me to go deeper and deeper. I'm, I'm fueled yeah. the hunger that people around me have. And so I think mm-hmm. the things that we can do is we can, you know, of course, it's the prayer, the intimacy and communion with the Lord. It's the it's the the word of God. You know, we can't know God outside of his word. Not not mm-hmm. we should. And, you know, I believe in coming together with other worshipers, people that are like minded, that can kind of, you know, you feed off of each other's fire. You know, you, you're a flame yourself. When you get together, you become an inferno, you know, so those those are a few things that I can suggest for people. You know, um, if, you, if you're around people who disregard worship, who you plays around, you know, I've seen videos of people just playing while people, yeah. if, if, if those, if that's your crowd that you're around and it's acceptable to you, don't expect to grow. You, you're right. one of those people that don't, you know, the, the word of God puts you to sleep every night, you know, then, Hey, and that's how you see wow. see see the word as, as as your sleeping pill instead of something that stirs your spirit. Then you know don't don't worry about growing. You're not going to go deeper. You know yeah. if all you're doing is perfect, perfecting your craft and singing and playing an instrument or or exhorting people and stuff. Don't worry about growing. You're 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 not going to grow. You know you're going to mm-hmm. grow in your skill and ability, but you won't grow in your worship. And so that's kind of that's kind of some of the things that I can suggest to people. And and like you said, it's mm-hmm. a journey. It's a journey with the Lord. It's it's not something that happens overnight. It's something mm-hmm. that happens over a course of time as you walk with God. And like I said, worship yeah. embodies your history with God. And so mm-hmm. develop and build a history with him, you know. Mm-hmm. So that would be what I would. And yeah, and you know, I'm going to add one thing to what you said. Um it also requires giving up some things. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, um, in order really for, you know, the, the Holy Ghost to really come and, and permeate the atmosphere, it needs a, a clean place. Yeah. And it's the same thing. And we notice even when we're leading praise and worship and we're trying to, you know, invite, invite the Holy Spirit into the atmosphere. Right. He doesn't come until, you know, it's, it's permeated enough that he's able to move like how he wants like everything has to go our flesh has to be dying down you know and and he's able to move like how he wants to move and the the one and that's this is the one thing of the reason why people really can't go deeper either and i'm not no theologist and all that type of stuff but people don't want to give up anything right they don't want to give up anything. And it's and it's not just sinful things, but even time. Right. But sin is the number one thing. In, real, yeah. to, in order to really have a relationship, relationship, and not saying you can't have a relationship because everybody falls. We're all human beings. Right. Um, and our flesh naturally wants to sin when our spirit wants to do right. Mm-hmm. However, you know, if you really condition yourself, and like how you said in the beginning when you started off, another yes. Right. You know, God's want to do the rest. Yeah. God, I thank you. That was good to me. God is going to do the rest. You give him him, him yeah, yes. Yeah. He's going to do the rest of it. But you have to be willing to give up something. Yeah, yeah. Because people want to operate, you know, out of order. 
and God is, you know, is a God of order. Yeah. And so in order to really go deeper, like how we really want to go and have the Lord unfold, you know, his mysteries and go into that secret place, you got to come clean. Absolutely. You, you got to come clean. And that's something that's not talked about at all because people want to stand up with everything, yep. with every burden, every, you know, every type of defiled spirit. No, no, you, you can't, you know, and, and it, God, I thank you. Holy Ghost, help me. It's, it's, it's just, it's just out of order. It, it really is. And, and it's, it's, it's the one thing um, that really stops the people from going in deeper because they don't want to give, you know, certain things up. Yeah. They don't want to give those 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 strongholds because that's really what it is. They don't want to give it up. And I can speak for myself and being transparent. When I decided that you know that I really wanted to take my my call serious because I gave God my yes. Mm -hmm. But when I gave God my my second yes for the call, I said, okay, Kamisha, you know you want to go deeper. You know the Lord said, what it what what it what is it that you're willing to give up? Mm -hmm. And at that time. You know, I was drinking. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, yeah. being transparent. And so I said, okay, I have to cut this off yeah. because, okay, right now the Lord is giving me, the grace is allowing me to hear. I can hear, I can see. That's great. Yeah. God, I thank you. However, I want more of you because I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm seeing. Right. I like how you're using me a little bit, you know, even in my dirty stage. Right. God, I thank you. You're, you're still using me just a little bit. And so I want to go deeper. So let me cut off drinking. Yeah. And then as the Lord started to unfold some things to me, and it wasn't everything, you know, it still never be everything but started to fold a little bit to me give me a spoonful mm -hmm. i like it how it tastes yeah and so god said okay what else you willing to give up okay god i, I want to be kept mm -hmm. i want to be kept and and those were like the two biggest things because i already was kind of i wasn't doing really nothing else to, you know right. other stuff the lord had to purge later my own you know personal thing insecurities you know yeah. of spirit of abandonment rejection all that stuff that was for him the completion part, but the, the, my decision part, I, I had to say, God, you know, because I want more of you. This is what I had to cut off. And I feel like this stuff has to be said because people want to operate with their stuff and you can't, you, you can't really expect for God to show up like how we really want him to show up, right. you know, and have his weight be behind our words, you know, and we're not presenting ourselves acceptable into his sight. We're not. Right. You know, and, and it's not to bash, but it's really to help. God, I thank you. It's really to help, yeah. you know, people because some people, they don't know. Let's be honest. And then some people, they do know and they just need a reminder. And then there's some people that just don't care. Right. You know, and so at the end of the day, you know, I feel like that that part has to be said. And then once, you know, that had happened for me, it was like, Jesus what are you serious? I'm seeing this. I'm hearing this. Right. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And the Lord still continues to take me deeper right. and deeper and deeper because I want to. And and I'm and I still, you know, continue to let him purge because every day we need a daily purge because we're humans. Yeah. We're going to still do stuff, think stuff, you know, not saying we're going to fall, like fall, fall, right. but you know, we are human beings. We got smart mouths, yeah. you know, different things of that nature. And so it's like every day you gotta kind of give God another yes. Yeah. You know, you you got to give God another yes, you know, kill my flesh today, command it to do what it needs to do correctly. Um, and then like how you said with the time part, that that is so key, too, because a, a lot of things, it comes from time, mm. just like how we know things come from prayer and fasting. But you have to put the time in as well, yeah. you know, and, and it's so crazy because I was listening to um, evangelist um, 
um, Jose Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And, and he was saying basically, you know, when he left, from practicing, you know, the Santa Maria and, you know, devil worship. Right. And he was like a baby in Christ. He was saying, you know, they were saying they was going to do shut in prayer. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'm all for this. And he said, 12 o'clock came. He said, we eating donuts. Right. He said, why are we eating donuts? <laughs> you know, it's 12 o'clock, you know. And he said from what he was used to, they went to church when they went to demonic church from seven at night till, um, you know, five in the morning. Right. He said from so he said we eating donuts when 12 to 3 this is when the biggest demons are are coming that they're sent out we should be praying right now at this time why are we eating donuts he said i had to kick rocks i had to kick them to the curb right. because people really don't say what they what they really want yeah. they they say one thing and they do another but sometimes and like the bible says my people perish from a lack of knowledge yep. sometimes people they don't know but some a lot of things god i think you comes from time we can't be lazy and I don't, I don't want to go too left, but we can't be lazy because the witches and the warlocks, they're, they're putting in time, right. you know, they're, they're putting in time to destroy the church, to destroy people, to do whatever it is that they are assigned to do. And it's like as Christians, and I had to say it, we're very lazy. Yep. We don't go to Bible studies. Right. You know, we, we don't go to the prayer services. You know, we can't even last for prayer for, for 20 minutes and half an hour, let alone a lot of us can't pray for an hour, right. you know, but we're looking for God to, to move. Yeah. Not saying that he can't move if you're praying for 20 minutes because God knows our hearts and he knows our intentions. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us are just really, really lazy. And it's like we're really at war in the realm of the spirit and people don't know right. it. And he even went on to even say the weaker Christians were the ones that he could easily, you know, attack, that he could easily play with because he said, you know, they looked the part, they dressed the part, but really they had no relationship. So they had no power. Yeah. Yep. You yep. know, and so it has to be said because I, I want everybody you know, to make it in. I want everybody to be protected. I want everybody, you know, to 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 get what it is that God has for them. I don't want nobody to die no premature right. deaths. And so I feel like, you know, it some a lot of this stuff has to be said. It has to be said because sometimes people don't know. I done met Christians that don't even believe in, you know, angels or demons. Yep, that's true. You know, and so my thing is you don't even know anything about what you're, you know, up you're up against. Yeah. And the Bible says that we're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Right. Exactly. You know, so at the end of the day, the, the Lord is telling us we got the tools and that's what comes with reading our word as well. Um, But but the time is it's not being put into seriousness. It's not really, you know, being taken or put mm -hmm. forth, you know, to it. At the same time, and so a lot of us, we like you said, a lot of us don't want to go deeper. Right. We don't want to go deeper, but for the ones that do, you know, just trust the process and trust the processor, you know, at the same time. So this is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, I can just add. I mean, just to some, you know, uh, I believe it, was, it says the, um, you know, who may kill the Lord, who can stand in His holy place, He that have clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord. And I, you know, I wondered what the blessing was. And the Lord, you know, told me, He said, Absalom, the blessing is me. He said, I'm the. Wow. He told Abraham that wow. I am, he said, told Abraham, he said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Like the reward wasn't the children or the nation that he was going to produce, the reward was him. He said, I'm your reward. You know, and so the blessing wow. that we're looking at. As we ascend the hill of the Lord, as we're purifying our heart, we're purifying our hands, 
you know, as we're um, ascending God's hill through worshiping him and, and seeking him while he may be found and all that stuff, the, the reward is him. He's the reward. Yeah. I think once, once Jesus becomes the reward in his church again, we'll see the whole, a whole shift in, in the culture of, of the church. You know, wow. and when, when we stop chasing after ministries and platforms and this and that, mm-hmm. we're being so sidetracked by this stuff. We're sidetracked by yeah. our gifts. We're sidetracked by the, the, the gifts of the spirit, even our callings. You know, yeah. talking earlier in the week, and I said, Paul said, Paul was an apostle. You know, he was a very Raising mm-hmm. the dead, he was healing the sick, pieces of cloth was being taken off his body and it would be laid on demon possessed people and they, they would be completely delivered. Not even there in person. Yeah. That's how anointed this man was. You know, he was right. evangelizing territories, he was going, he was being, you know, going through all sorts of persecution. This man was no, he was a force to be reckoned with. But even all that, mm-hmm. Paul said, he said, This one thing I do, I press towards the mark of the high calling. It's something different between the calling of our lives to be like an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, right, you know, right. a worship leader, you know, or in business. It's that's a calling. That's you know that may be a calling that the Lord placed in our life. But then there's something called the high calling. It's completely mm-hmm. different. The high calling is not something you do. It's something. It's a place that you get in the Lord. It, it it's wow. the high calling is there's a particular place in God that I'm aiming for. It's not about mm. the how many people I heal. It's not about how many prophecies I give. It's not about how many people I lead in worship right. or how many offers I get to preach at people's conferences. It's the high calling is he the, the place that I that I get to reach in, in in him, and he's he's the reward. It's when he's the one. He's the blessing that I'm looking for. It's not the houses and the cars and the stuff. It's him being right. the blessing, and um and I think once we get there and worship. You know, we'll start seeing things flip and totally turn around. That's what the early church looked like. They were worshipers. They were yeah. centered. Their whole lives were Jesus centered to the point where their money wasn't their own. Their possession yeah. their own. Their time wasn't their own. They were willing to give it all up for the Lord. You know, um, Hebrews, now I'll end with this. Like Hebrews um, said, it started naming all the different champions of faith. And it says that these men and these women the world was not even worthy of them. The, wow. the world wasn't worthy of them. And that's the type of worshipers of Christ we want to be. Care his yeah. presence we want to be. That our lives become so one and in union with the Lord. That'll be said of us like, man, these men, and w- these were such devout men and women of Christ that the world wasn't even worthy of them. Like the Lord wow. said that of those people, you know. And so, wow. yeah, I think that's, I think this was really good. I mean, all these worship yeah. it people need to know you know the repent people yeah. need to know like we can't just go on yeah. about our daily routine and, and it's not pleasing to god you know mm-hmm. so. that's true so true but this was so good so good we're gonna have to get you back on here <laughs> <laughs> it was so good i know your, your schedule was very busy we'll work something yeah. out but all right guys that is our time and you just tuned in with dope girls pray podcast with epsilon that you will